you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of your goodness, Lord. And we will sing. We will cry aloud. Your faithfulness goes on forever. And you're with us. We thank you for your nearness. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for where you're trying to draw us. And we pray that you would, by your word, as you say, work in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. We want to get to where you're leading us. Help us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, good morning again, Rock family. I'm so excited that you're here worshiping with us once again online. And the Lord has such a powerful word for you. So, I guess sit back (laughs) in your lazy boys, on your couches, wherever you're watching this. And uh, let's get ready to dive into the word. Would you open to two places this morning? Uh, First, in Exodus 6. And secondly, in Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 is a passage that you are very familiar with now, and we're going to go over it again. And so uh, if you can get those, then we'll make our Bible declaration together, and we'll get off and running into the Scriptures. Are you ready? Let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. And may that be the case for you, wherever you are, that the soil of your heart is enriched and it's ready to go, ready to receive the implanted word of God in the name of Jesus. And so why don't we start off today in Isaiah 54. You remember this one. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not borne. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. You who have not born, that's barrenness. That is, things that in my life are supposed to be producing have not been producing. I'm barren. And many times we know about it. Many other times we don't know about it. But God is drawing our attention to the fact that he wants us, has always called us as believers, as followers of his, to be fruitful and to multiply. And so barrenness goes against that. And that's a problem. That's something that we need to address and we need to set our eyes on, our attention on, and our focus on so we can get fruitful in the Lord. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. You have not given birth to the things that God has for you. And in this case, of course, we're talking about children, but uh, obviously in your life and spiritually, we're talking about other things that you're supposed to have been bearing and bringing forth to new life. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. Anyone know that children don't just uh, magically appear. There's a labor that has to go on even after the conception and the carrying to term. And then there's a labor right at the, the last stretch of that thing while the baby is still in the mama. And then the baby is born after labor. And sometimes it's hard labor. It says, For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says 
the Lord. And that is your destiny. I'm calling you to it today once again. See yourself that way. More are my offspring, more are my children, more is my bounty, more is my progress, more is my success than the children of the married woman. See, I may have been desolate up to this point, you might say, but today is a new day. Someone say, today is a new day. It is a new day for you, and we're going to dig into God's word and see exactly what he wants for us. In verse 5, it says, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And who knows that God is a good husband? I know many of us do. The Lord is the best, the perfect, the complete husband. And when God has something that he wants to deposit in you, know that it's going to be well and truly deposited. You know, he's a good sower of seed, as it were. And so consider the fruitfulness that your life is about to produce today. So before we get into so much fruitfulness, why don't we define barrenness? How often do we even think about barrenness? Probably not often. If you're like me, I don't think about what I don't have so much as what I have, what I can see, what what I got to juggle, what I have going on. But barrenness is something we have to wrestle with. If we're being kind of called out and, and shown in the Bible, there's barrenness in your life. And the Lord is calling us up from that to have more children than the married woman, so to speak. Then we have to define barrenness. So what does that look like in your life? Do you even calculate it? Let's try it together. How about your family relationships? How about in close friendships? How about in casual acquaintances? What about your church family? What about ministry effectiveness? How about your finances? How's the, are you barren in your finances? Are you barren in your health? Barren in your even emotional state? There's a lot of things that we can consider and surely we will as the days progress. But let's think about that. Maybe one or a couple of these jumped out at you even as I said them. It's like, yeah, there's barrenness there. And I don't want that for me. I don't want that to be my my legacy or my heritage, my destiny. I want fruitfulness like the Lord wants for me. And so I'm I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to cry aloud. I'm ready to, to bear more fruit than ever before. And if that's you, then you are in the right place because that's what God is calling us to. That is what he is is bringing forth in me for you. So let's dig into it. God wants you to be supernaturally fruitful and multiplying in every way. If you're so bold, would you say in every way? (laughs) Amen. And he can do it. If anyone can do it, God can do it in your life. But he can't do it alone. In fact, he won't do it alone without your cooperation. Remember God, the ultimate gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He's going to invite you to receive him in that way. And as you say yes to his invitation to become intimate together and and have that time together where he can conceive something supernatural in you, then all of a sudden this new life comes forth. But he requires your investment. You have something to invest into this process for him to bring about the good plans, the amazing plans that he has for you. And so, and so do I. <laughs> we all do, each one. This uh, message today is a little out of order. Uh, last week we did uh, what was message number two, but this week we're going to go back to number one, but I'm going I'm to switch it up a little bit on you. This is called the formation of a prophetic vision. I'll say that again. The formation of a prophetic vision vision. 
and it's part of the series called Supernatural Development. So if you're taking notes, write that down. The series is Supernatural Development and the message is called The Formation of a Prophetic Vision. God wants to prophesy. He's singing over you. He's speaking over you. And he wants to give you revelation from his word so you can dig into the things that he wants you to have, has always wanted you to have. And so, why don't we begin here. With this thing that God is calling us away to be with him and to get this this spiritual formation, uh, this new conception uh, in the supernatural, know first that God is potent, (laughs) potent, powerful. He has the potential to do things. He has an ability beyond any human ability to make things come to pass in your life that would otherwise be impossible. And you know this to be true already. You've seen too much of God's goodness not to believe that already. He's all powerful. And from the beginning of this whole thing, he's wanted to make Israel, his chosen people that he's set apart, He's wanted to make Israel extravagantly fruitful so that all the other nations of the world are aware who God is. There's a real God, and he's blessing people who he calls his. <laughs> How do we get in on that? that to provoke them to jealousy, so to speak. Uh, the point is that God wants to partner with us. He wants to partner with you, partner with me, individually and as a group, in every barren area of our lives. Unlike a human husband, uh, God's seed is his word, the Bible. God's seed is his word. He speaks promises to us, and if they're received and believed, they conceive in our hearts. Faith is the egg, so to speak, that receives the seed of God's promises and holds that promise firmly in our hearts. It does those two things. It receives the seed of God's promise and it holds it there firmly in our hearts. What is so awesome is that God's word actually creates our spiritual fertility. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing, you know it, by the word of God. Let's consider this together. Where should you be in your life right now? Think about it. Be honest. Where should you be in your life right now in any area don't hold anything back you don't have to shout it out or anything i can't hear you (laughs) but maybe your family can't but just process it yourself where should you be in your life right now think of the most glaring barrenness that you can think of in this moment I'm, i'm sure you have it kind of on the the tip of your tongue or top of mind because it kind of stays with you it's something that you think about you mull over it's it's with you you're like, there's, oh man, there's something not happening. You know, I, I'm broke all the time or I'm sick all the time or I'm always at odds with somebody all the time or I'm, I'm not, I don't feel complete or fulfilled in, in how I'm serving. I feel like something is off and you know, whatever it is, think of that glaring barrenness in your life right now. I want to tell you that God fully intends to make that area fruitful. He fully intends it to make even that area where you see nothing going on exceedingly fruitful, removing all barrenness. Did you hear me? Removing all barrenness. That there is no uh, hint left of anything that wasn't producing. It's like, was that never not producing? No, it was always producing as far as we can tell. You know, and only you'll know by how fruitful you'll become 
that it was once barren, but God did a supernatural, miraculous work in you. Amen. And so he wants to do this in you and in others for your benefit and for their benefit. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen on TV or, or maybe, unfortunately, you probably know somebody like this who, you know, there's a pregnancy happening and uh, two people don't exactly receive that news the same way with the same uh, emotional state, so to speak. Emotions can uh, range from positive to negative and everywhere in between. And uh, I remember it was about seven years ago now, just a little over seven, that uh, Jennifer texted me, I was downstairs, she was upstairs, and uh, I know now that she was taking a pregnancy test, uh, better done by herself, and uh, so she texts me downstairs, and, and uh, I, I don't have the exact text, uh, I've changed phones since then, but it, w- it was something to effect of, we're going to have a baby, and of course you know her as Olive, uh, she's been brought forth now, and <laughs> is uh, six and a half, so she texted me that we're going to have this baby. I'm telling you, I've never been up those stairs so fast in my life. I ran up those stairs. I'm shouting. I'm yelling. I'm excited. I'm bursting with joy. Our tears are coming down on my eyes. And I just want to embrace my love. I want to say, are you kidding me? You texted me this? What? And so we're, I'm going up there. I'm, I'm racing up the stairs to celebrate this miracle with her. She said, I didn't know how you were going to take it. I mean, I'm not sure why. We had two wonderful kids by that time. Hey, listen, and you know it didn't stop there. Anyone who knows us knows that we have five, count them, five. And Olive is the middle in there. She's number three. And uh, But I was, I'm so pumped. I was so pumped about every single one of them. And so... Stephen, if you're listening to this, I'm pumped about you, man, <laughs> all of you. And um, so this text came, I'm bounding up the stairs and we're celebrating because it's this incredible gift from God to the little family, the growing little family. She was unsure at first how I would take the news for some reason, but she sure found out how I took it because of my reaction and my response. So, and she was glad that I was so joyful and expectant and excited with her because this is an exciting time. So it's nice when there's unity. The Lord commands blessing where there's unity, the psalm says. And so uh, God envisioned and planned and made all the preparations for himself and his people to embrace, to dwell together in glory. Now his people have the option to choose whether or not to receive it. And so that's kind of the kicker. Now, why is there barrenness in God's people? Well, God's plan is always to make us fruitful, so it, it's not His fault, so we've got to look somewhere else. I'm not saying anything beyond that right now, but I'm saying let's look somewhere else if we're not seeing it come to pass initially. With our choice whether or not to receive this, uh, whether or not to enjoy life together in the promised land, so to speak, uh, I, I'm just saying may we together as a rock family, as a church family, be brought and knit together in that family and choose to react with joy at the prospect of this incredible life together. Now listen as God renews his promise to Israel in Exodus 6. I'm going to turn there myself and you can flip there in your Bibles as I'm getting there. In Exodus 6. 
It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Man, that's what a great way to start a chapter. Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. It's like God's bragging a little bit. He's showing off. Even before he does anything, he's like, Let me tell you what's going to happen. Remember, like Babe Ruth put, throws his bat out there and calls his shot where he's going to put the ball in the stands. The Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. Now listen to these words carefully. He appeared to the fathers of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord. Say that with me. By my name, Lord. I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, which you know as the promised land. The land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. Do you hear how powerful the Lord is as he's resetting expectations for people who have been in bondage and slave for hundreds of years? And then they cried out for the Lord and he delivered them in a day. This is incredible. But... Look at verse 9. I'm going to kind of ruin it a little bit here. I'm sorry. Verse 9. I didn't write this, though. The Holy Spirit wrote this. Verse 9 says, So Moses spoke these things to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. Like, Ah, they reject this right up front. And this is, this is the first time we're seeing it. I mean, they grumbled. Already, you know, with the brick quota, right? Hey, make the bricks. Same number of bricks. No straw, though. You got to go get your own straw. And they're like, Moses, you're killing us, man. And uh, so they've grumbled before, but this is the first rejection that we're seeing here. And God's like painting this amazing picture for them. And it's like, oh, don't turn away from this. God's trying to give you the promised land. Are you kidding me? Uh, God tells them all that you just heard in response to their dismay to comfort them. To reassure them of his good plans for them. And he tells them in advance of all that's going to happen so that they'll see him working. Remember in the New Testament we say, oh, then they remembered what Jesus had said and it all came together, right? Same thing here. They'll see him at work laying the foundation for their own receptivity and obedience. So here's the recap. God releases Israel from slavery in Egypt with ten powerful plagues. Oh, and he made them rich in the process, by the way. Plundered the Egyptians, right? They're like, hey, have everything you want, whatever you want. The gold, take it, take it. So they came out of there wealthy, rich. And after they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, no less, God immediately begins defeating their enemies. Remember this, the waves are up in, a, in walls on either side. They walk through on dry ground. Pharaoh sends the chariots and the horsemen to pursue, blah, 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 blah. They're in, and now the Israelites get across. The pursuers are in there, and now the children of Israel, they're like, 
well, here, here we are. So far, so good. And the Lord brings down these walls of water and kills all of their pursuers, all of their would-be killers. He's defeating their enemies right there, real lickety-split, not wasting a second, showing how powerful he is for them. This is a good track record so far. So let me put this another way. Let's contextualize it for here we are, 2020. God releases us from the tyranny of our frenetic schedules, no margin, filled up all the time with a powerful plague. So there's this plague on, right? There's this virus on, and now everything is shut down. You know it, I know it, we're living in these times. It's, it's historic, monumental. And he's giving us income and relief in the process. So many testimonies of people where we're getting, so there's a stimulus thing, people are being paid for jobs that they're not working, they're not having to go to, they're, all of this. And as we choose to step out in faith into the life together that he's calling us to, he will show himself powerful again to defeat all the enemies of your new life in the promised land with him, with us. Say, all the enemies of my life, God will defeat for me as I walk with him into the promised land. Amen. Doesn't this make you want to break forth into singing and cry aloud? Come on. It's like, give me a song to sing right now. I'll sing to you, Lord. This is so good. Look what happens in Exodus 15. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Isn't that interesting? He said he has triumphed gloriously. Have they been brought into the promised land yet? No. Yet Moses is singing, God has already triumphed gloriously. Now it's true on one account, but it's not everything yet. But he's, he's speaking prophetically here. Do you see it? This is happening. The whole thing, the whole counsel of God, all of his promises are going to happen for us. It continues to say, the horse and his rider, he is thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation he's become the saver of me so he didn't just he he, it wasn't like he he saved me a minute ago thank god okay good no no he he saved me a minute ago and he will continue saving me amen he is my god and i will praise him my father's god and i will exalt him i will lift him up verse 13 says you in your mercy have led forth the people you have redeemed You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The Lord always is bringing us, trying to bring us to himself, bring us to his holy habitation, to dwell with us. We're supposed to abide with him, stick close to him. You're my disciples if you abide in me, Jesus said. Verse 14 says, the people will hear and be afraid. Okay, what people are we talking about? The people will hear and be afraid. Hear what? Hear that God delivered them, killed all their enemies. The people will hear that and be afraid where we're going into the promised land to displace them, to evict them. No, this is my house. (laughs) Amen. Verse 15 says, All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall upon them. One is bad enough, but they got both. Fear and dread will fall upon them. They don't have a choice. 
they're just going to be fearful and, and dreading the children of Israel coming with this powerful God who's moving on their behalf. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Imagine how still stones are. They don't go anywhere unless someone pushes them, right? They'll be as still as a stone till your people pass over, O Lord. Till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. Isn't that incredible? You'll bring, it's not like God's just even going to toss you into your new promised land. He's not going to be, here you go. No, he's going to, you got roots out there, you know, laying all. He, he's got to plant you in the ground so you can spring up and, have, and enjoy life in the nutrient-rich soil. You know, we're meant to be planted by rivers of water, right? Laying down. In verse 17 says, uh, You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And we said, this is my name now, the Lord to you. God wants to bring his prophetic words to pass. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it if you allow him to begin it. Now that's the thing. We, we don't always take the, the whole look at things. We, we look at a small piece and it's like, man, this is good. This part's good. But we need to see more comprehensively. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it if you allow him to begin it. Today. As you hear the word of God, allow him to begin this work in your hearts. This is the perfect time that he has ordained that we would have the time. We can't even do anything else. We have the time to press in and discover all this. Let's jump into it. God has been inviting us in the weeks that you've been participating with these messages and the months. You know that he's been stirring something up in us and he's stirring something up for us inviting us to this intimate encounter with him to conceive something entirely new, supernaturally. Right now, he's sowing seed into our hearts. Sowing the word. You remember from Mark 4. Anyone who's taken OSL level 3, you know that we, we lived in Mark 4. There was like nine hours of messages that we were living in. The sower sows the word. Remember the God, the potent God, powerful. When he sows, it's sown. Life as you know, begins at conception. And as the word has entered your ears, God's plan to lead you into the fullness of the promised land of his word, you are right now conceiving a brand new, beautiful life exactly as God planned it for you. From before the foundations of the world, God had this plan for you. He's been excited and he's trying to tell you. He's trying to tell us all the time. I have so many good things for you. Will you receive them? Will you receive me giving them to you? Can we partner together, please? Uh, Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? Life and they may have it more abundantly. He says, together with me, Together with each other, you're going to experience life and life more abundantly than you've ever experienced it before, if you'll allow me to conceive this in you. So, with this word being sown into our hearts, what do we do now? 
that the sower has sown the word in our hearts. We, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God in Romans. We've heard the word has gone down into our hearts. It's there. It's happening right now as you've opened your hearts to the Lord. So what do we do now as this conception has taken place? God wants us to change our diet now that we're pregnant, so to speak. How many of you know that, that diets change once uh, a lady gets pregnant? Isn't that true? Uh, and who also knows that your doctor <laughs> cannot eat for you, cannot consume the right things or avoid the dangerous things for you in your pregnancy? Isn't that true? God himself doesn't even smack that bottle of wine or that cigarette out of your hand. No, he doesn't. He, you know the right thing. He's telling you the right thing. But you have to choose to give those things up. We must choose to protect this new life growing inside of us. There's a protection that goes on during this whole incubation, growing period. Because who knows, conception doesn't immediately result in birth. There is a period of like nine, ten months that goes on in between that time before the new life emerges. Your diet changes. Your activities change. Why? For the sake of that precious life that you're now responsible for. Carrying to term, birthing, and then raising up. Someone say this with me. No more roller coasters. <laughs> no more roller coasters. Mommies, pregnant mommies, they don't let you go on the roller coasters. Don't you know that's true? There's signs and everything in the lines. So you can't, there's a diet change, there's an activity change. Your schedule changes like, hey, we, and this has happened to us. I mean, with five kids, you imagine it's got to have happened at some point. We would have gone to Disneyland and everything, and it's like we had this trip planned, and then all of a sudden we found out, oh, Jen's pregnant. We went to Mexico, and we were flying on the plane and all this and that. Oh, it's pregnant. And uh, we were on this Sea-Doo. Maybe I shouldn't tell you. This is just taking time. But we were on this Sea-Doo, and uh, it was a, one of those dual rider ones. And so I'm driving, right, or whatever you call when you're on a sea I'm doing that thing and then we're about to, to tip over but Jen doesn't fall off she lets me fall off and she stays right up there she's not about to get in the water she's pregnant with Jonathan at that point she's not about to get in that water she doesn't like the water and so that staying away from seafood thing no problem she'll stay away from it pregnant or not but we have to change our diet change our activities because we're responsible for this new life inside of us in Exodus 23, verses 25 to 26, says, So in this way, you shall serve the Lord your God. So, so means like in this way, you shall serve the Lord your God. We've got to change some things about our lifestyle because we're now, there's a whole new thing growing inside of us, and, and it's bigger than we are. It says, So in this way, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless. He will bless your bread and water. He's taking care of your natural needs. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Praise God. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. The promised land. I will fulfill the number of your days. Isn't God good? I will fulfill the number of your days. Every day that I have planned is going to be full of my glory and my promise. Because you decided to care about what I care about. Praise God. In this season, when the world has effectively stopped, God has called you to bring to life His best plans for you. To intentionally spend significant time reading the Bible and praying 
to God. Discussing the powerful and important words that you're reading with others in our church family. Teaching others when you get that revelation of God. Oh, that's what that means. Oh, that that makes so much sense now. I can see it. The revelation comes. The scales fall off your eyes. And now you're excited to share with other people what God is teaching you. And joining this unprecedented movement of God where the end times harvest is actually brought in by you. You know, Jesus said the fields are white for harvest. They're ready to be reaped right now. Don't say four more months. Right now is the time. This is the best time to get these new practices in place, develop new habits. I don't know how long this thing is on, but we're certainly doing this until Easter. And so this is the time where the kids are out of school way early, out of school, you know, they're not going to school. Their jobs, many of them have stopped. And uh, let, let this time be that time that God has intended for you to do that. Read the Bible, pray, discuss the, the words that you're reading with others, teach others, and join this movement to reap the harvest that is so ready to be reaped. God has been preparing us for just this moment in history for many months. All these messages leading up to this, they're all culminating, we're, and we're seeing it. It's coming together. It's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. God, I see what you're doing there. Here we are. But remember this, it's not magic and it won't happen automatically. I tell you this all the time. It won't happen automatically. It won't happen by magic. It takes your willing and joyful participation in it. We must, each one, choose to reset our schedules to make considerable time to pursue life together. Again, with the Lord and with one another. Let me encourage you to decide right now, as individuals, as families, as a church, to say yes to God in this holy moment of response. Why don't we say this together? Yes, God, I say yes to spend the time you've given me in these days to pursue you in your word. I say yes to not simply returning to all the old busyness of life that kept me from you. I say yes to starting with prioritizing daily time with you more than ever before so I can live the more abundant life you are offering me. Say this, I know it will take discipline. I am willing to let you remake my schedule. I want to honor you with my whole life. Your word says, you'll work in me both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Work in me from this day forward. I am yours and you are mine. Amen. I am so proud of you for hearing God's voice today and responding with your Yes. Pastor Jennifer and I cannot wait to hear all God is conceiving in you and bringing forth into abundant life in you. Amen.